Welcome, friends. I'm Dr. Dwayne McKee, president of Adventist World Radio. Thank you for joining us. We're, we're looking at Earth's final countdown. What on earth is going to happen next? This is a continuation of Unlocking Bible Prophecies with Cami Uthman. It, it is a thrilling series. We have had, oh, seven, eight million people around the world watch. In Russia alone, over a million people have watched this series. And this is a continuation of that. This, this program right now, stay tuned because we're going to find out what happens to you when you die. When I go to the cemetery in Kearney, Oklahoma, where my parents are, are buried there at the tombstone, I wonder, and I know where they are. Are they there? Are they there? Are they someplace else? What happens to you when you die? Stay tuned. Welcome back. Uh, I'd, like, I'd like to ask you just to go ahead and subscribe to the channel. If that would help us out a lot. And, and, and click like and then click the bell. It'll ding for you. And, and then if you have questions, if you have prayer requests, if you'd like to get our free offer, the free offer is the best book ever written on the life of Jesus. It's an amazing one. It's called The Desire of the Ages. Or you can just say Jesus. You can say Desire. You can say D-A, anything like that, and we'll send it to you. Just WhatsApp us on Plus one two two four two 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 zero seven seven seven. That's WhatsApp. Plus one two two four two 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 zero seven seven seven. Or text. Just send a text and request the free gift. The text also is two two four two 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 zero seven seven seven. So let's let's go on. Buckle your seatbelts. This is a thrilling topic. A lot of people are wondering what on earth is happening in the world today. What happens when you die? But first, look, look at some of our puzzle pieces that we can kind of bring back as to what we've looked at. Daniel 2, remember we started there, the big metallic image. If you haven't watched that one, it's that dream that Daniel had that tells us where we're at in world's history. One thing we found out at the very beginning, there's no one world order. Oh, people will try. People are saying now what we should do because of the ecology problem in the world, all the stuff going on. The, the planet is in pain, what we need to do is take one day off a week, a special day, maybe the first day. Of the, yeah, that's what they're saying. The first day of the week, Sunday. The, you know, remember the, the old pyramids back there in Egypt, the, the pharaohs were buried and the, the pyramid pointed up to the sun. They're sun worshipers. And that's what people have become today to the sun worshipers. On Sunday, the first day of the week, they think that's the day we should take off. We'll, we'll look at that more and more as we continue to study. There's, there's no globalism. Oh, there's an attempt. There will be an attempt to pull the world together. Did you know the whole world? Right now, things are so crazy. Boy, just attacks and attacks on different groups of people, the socialists, the, the ecologists, the, the Democrats, the Republicans, all kind of mad at each other. But one day, soon, they're all going to turn on God's people. That's right, God's people. There's no great reset. Oh, they'll try. There's a great reset, but it won't happen. That's what we found out in Daniel chapter 2. It's not going to happen. The star, the drama, a revelation, the faithful witness, the king of kings is Jesus. The villain of the drama of revelation is Satan, the old servant, the devil, the dragon. Satan is dead serious about destroying every one of you. Jesus, though, is dead serious, and he's the winner, man. He's dead serious about saving each one of us. The land-like beast in the book of Revelation will speak like a, a dragon. We lose our religious freedom because of the mark of the beast. Baptism is necessary because Jesus said, except you be born again, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
who should be baptized. If you have never been baptized like Jesus by immersion before, if you have been baptized, number two, like Jesus, but you have slipped away. And number three, if you have learned new truth, then you should be rebaptized. It's all about Jesus. Everything we do in this series is about Jesus. If it weren't for Jesus, if it weren't for that empty tomb, if it weren't for all the people who saw him during those 40 days, if it weren't for the ascension, if it weren't for the promise that he's coming back to take us home, I wouldn't be here and you wouldn't either because it's all about Jesus. Praise God for Jesus. Three things. We're at the end of the book. We have studied, we have looked at the great prophecies in the Bible, and we know now that we're at the end of the book. All those have been fulfilled except one. Jesus is coming again. He says, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And it's all about mama's prayers. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for my mother's prayers. You wouldn't be here if your mother, your father, somebody had prayed for you. Jesus said, I am praying for you. That's right, he's praying for you too. It's all about prayer, and God has a plan. He has a plan for your life, friends. He has a plan for my life. God has a plan, and Jesus is coming back soon to fulfill that plan. Let me tell you about Osilvia. <laughs> That's a funny cow picture, isn't it? Well, my parents milked cows for many, many years. They were Jersey cows. This is a Jersey. Most of them are just brown. This one has a little white on her. She, she grew up on the farm there in Oklahoma. My mother milked all these cows she milked until she was 83 years old, about 70 cows twice a day in a stanchion-type barn. Nothing fancy about it, but mother loved her cows. Daddy decided to sell old Sylvia, and she was a nice cow, to some other farmers. They were going to buy her and take her, and they came to pick her up. Mother milked her. They went over to the, the cow went over to the pen, and they tried to put her into a trailer. And they would get around her, and they would, they would push her and push her, and they would... They even got a hot shot. That's this the stick with batteries in it, and you, it gives a, a shock. It was kind of a bad thing, actually. And, but she would always bolt and run. She wasn't going to leave the farm. She grew up on that farm in Oklahoma. She wasn't about to leave it. And so they worked and worked two hours. These three men tried to load old Sylvia up into, <laughs> up into the trailer. Mother finished milking. She came out. Now, Sylvia wasn't really a pet, but she was friendly. And Mother came out. And she saw, Sylvia's just trembling. She saw Mother. She ran over to her. Mother put her arm around her and began to caress her neck and say, just calm down, Sylvia. It's all right. They're not going to hurt you. They just want to take you to a new home, a new farm. It's going to be all right. And so Mother kept talking to her and kept petting her neck and said, you just come and go with me. And they walked and walked and walked right up into the trailer. The men, <laughs> the strong, big men, stood there with their eyes wide open as my little five-foot mother <laughs> walked over Sylvia up into the trailer. <laughs> Jesus says something about that. It's called the golden rule, isn't it? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So treat people nice and kindly. That's what Jesus tells us. That's what we should do. Even though people disagree with you, maybe they don't understand the Bible. Maybe they haven't studied the Bible. Maybe they haven't seen this series like you are watching right now. Maybe they just don't know. Maybe be patient with them and pray with them. We need to treat people as we would like to be treated, as Jesus treats us. That's what I like to think. Should we pray? Father in heaven, yes, indeed. Help us to be kind and loving, the kind of loving, kind Christians that you would have us to be. Help us to share our faith with others, telling them that Jesus is coming back soon. Thank you for your love and help us to understand as we go to your word as to what happens to you when you die. In Christ's name, amen.
Well, keys to death's experience, near-death experience or death. Where, where do you go when you die? That, that's a lot of questions asked that. Well, we go to the Bible, and as I've said before, you go to Isaiah 28:10, and it says there, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little. And so it's kind of like, like I said before, building a fence. In Oklahoma, when we build fences on the dairy farm, we put a post away down there, a steel post, one here, and then we string a wire between the two, and then you line it up and you find truth. <laughs> you find a straight fence. In the Bible, you, you take everything the Bible has to say about a topic like the second coming of Jesus, and you line it all up and you find truth. What happens to you when you die? Where do you go when you die? Are you in heaven or hell or purgatory? or a Purgatory, what is that? We'll come to that. <laughs> Where do you go? What is death? A lot of people think they know, but what does God say? That's the important thing. Remember, if it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it's not in the Bible, it's not for me. Don't let your neighbor or your relative tell you what, what truth is. If you want to know the truth, you go to the Bible. It doesn't matter what, as one of my friends said, it doesn't matter diddly squat what other people say. What matters is what God says. So go to the Bible. If it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it's not in the Bible, or if it disagrees with the Bible, like Cammy says, it's not for me. Amen? We have a, what we call a cell phone evangelism sermons that we put on the cell phone and people listen to them. We had a little boy down in South America in the north part and he was very, very sick. And a friend came by and he said, you know, I just found these, these uh, sermons on the cell phone. He was in the hospital. He said, do you want to listen to them? They'll bring you comfort. And so he started listening to them every day. Mommy came and daddy came and they listened a little bit. And, but every day he faithfully listens to them. And one day he said, mommy, I think I'm going to die. Oh, mommy began to cry. She felt so terrible. She just, oh, she felt just horrible. And then he said, mommy, no, 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 don't cry. What? No, it, it's all right, mommy. He, she, he, he said, I've been listening to these sermons from Adventist World Radio. They are so wonderful. And they tell me that Jesus is coming back on the resurrection morning to take me home. When I, I die, I'm going to fall asleep in Jesus. And the next thing I know, when I wake up, I'll see Jesus coming. Mommy wiped her tears and she thought, what is this boy mind telling me? But it brought hope to her heart and the little boy as he fell asleep in Jesus. He fell asleep knowing that one day Jesus will come and wake him up. Well, several months passed and mommy and daddy moved to another country and they're walking down the street one day and they saw a series of meetings by Adventist World Radio. They're in the Seventh-day Adventist church. And so they went inside and they listened and, and they heard the same kind of things that the little boy had been telling them that he had heard on the cell phone, on these cell phone evangelism sermons. And they got so excited when they heard that when Jesus comes, he's going to, the trumpet was down and those who have fallen asleep in Jesus will come up out of the graves. And they said to each other, we want to see our little boy again. And so they both were baptized. Praise God. Praise God for the truth that brings peace and joy and love to our hearts. We can find hope. There's hope because of what Jesus has hope beyond the grave. What really happens when you die? Well, do we get more than life? One life? Do, do the dead know what the living are doing? Is your auntie who died, is she up there in the clouds someplace? Is she looking down? Or is she in, in purgatory? Do you know that a lot of crazy stuff has crept into the church, like uh, the worship of the sun on Sunday, uh, the pyramids, as I mentioned before. Easter, have you ever wondered 
what on earth does a chicken or an egg have to do with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus? Well, it comes in from paganism. It's, it's worshiping the fertility God, worshiping the sun. Have you ever wondered, at Christmas, Father Christmas, what does that have to do? Santa Claus, what does that have to do with the birth of Jesus, our Savior, the Savior of the world? It all comes from paganism. It's crept into the church. And the same with purgatory. It, 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 it became a means to raise money for the church. Wow. <laughs> Tetzel was his name. He was a fundraiser, as it were. He was a cardinal. And he came up to, to Northern Europe. Martin Luther's time it was during the Reformation. And he, he had to say, when a penny in the coffer, a cup rings, a soul from purgatory springs. And so he was raising money to build a cathedral in Rome by telling people if they paid money to get their friends, parents, mothers, fathers, children out of purgatory, then they could get them out. Purgatory doesn't exist. It only comes again from paganism. It's not there. It's not in the Bible. Remember, if it's not in the Bible, it's not for me. Amen? So heaven, hell, or purgatory. Well, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? There are lots of books on near-death experiences, and they, people claim that, oh, I just about died. Remember, if it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it's not in the Bible, it's not for me. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what they think. It, what matters is what God says. That's what really, really counts. Amen? People claim that, well, when you die, if you're really good, you're going to come back into a higher form of life, and it continues, and it continues, and it continues. It's called something like reincarnation. That's, again, one of those things that crept in from paganism. It's not in the Bible. Hinduism teaches that we are on a wheel of life that goes and goes and goes and goes and goes and it goes forever. Buddhism teaches that the wheel of life goes and goes, but if, you, if you're good enough, you finally can get off that wheel of life and you get the right karma and then like you, you float into the Netherland, into Adam's, and you dissolve it that way. Well, what does the Bible say? That's what matters. It doesn't really matter what different world religions say. What matters is what God says. That's the most important thing. Christians have a message of hope, hope in the resurrection. We're looking forward to Jesus coming. That's what the Bible says. That's what's important. Remember, the angels said to Mary and the other women that came to the tomb and found it empty, he's not here, he is risen. He is risen. There's an empty tomb. Kathy and I have been there not too long ago, as I mentioned before. And you know what? That tomb is empty. It's empty. It's, it's so different than, than other world great religious leaders, well-known religious leaders. Uh, Buddhism, uh, Buddha's tomb in India is occupied. Confucius' tomb in China, in Chufu, China, is occupied. Muhammad's tomb in Medina, Saudi Arabia, is occupied. Jesus' tomb in Jerusalem, just outside Jerusalem. There on that hilly place, that rocky carved out tomb, it's empty. The tomb is empty. He's not here. He is risen. On the road to Emmaus, I, I love that little road. We'd been there, yeah, I believe it was 1980. We were going home and, and we came to Emmaus, and we drove down there and saw it. Somebody else was driving in a van, and we were thinking about this road to Emmaus. It's 12 kilometers from Jerusalem. This is where Jesus met Cleopas and his friend on 
on that resurrection day, you know, in the afternoon, he was, it was toward evening, and they were walking around, and they were so discouraged. They were talking about all the events that had happened, and, and Jesus came up into them. What are you talking about? You mean, you're, you must be the only one in all of Jerusalem, and all of Israel that doesn't know. And so they told him, and then Jesus took the Bible, and he opened to Cleopas and his friends the scriptures concerning himself. It was in God's Word. Jesus went right to the Bible. They got so excited when they recognized him that it was Jesus, they ran those 12 kilometers back to their upper room, and they said to them, you know what? We just saw Jesus. He's alive. He's alive. And they were saying, did not our hearts burn within us as he opened the Bible to us and explained to us all the prophecies about himself? Wow. Wish I could have been there. It, we were. Remember, I'm telling you that we had been there in 1980. Five years later, five years later, we were back there. We had gone to the mission field, come back through Israel, coming all the way back to America. And I rented a car in Tel Aviv. We drove around Israel, and our daughter, Danae, was baptized. And we had a wonderful time going to the old city in different places. On, on Sabbath, I said to Kathy and the kids, I said, hey, guys, let, let's, let's go to, to the road to Emmaus and just walk down that road and think about what happened on the resurrection morning of Jesus. And, and Kathy says, oh, she, she's such a wonderful wife. Oh, she's just, she's just excellent. She's perfect. But she, she, she is, you know, she thinks ahead and she really understands me very well. And, and I said, uh, well, let's, let's, let's just drive to that road to Emmaus. And she said, honey, you need to stop and ask for directions. And I said, sweetheart, no, 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 no. I was there. Five years ago, I remember, but you weren't driving. That doesn't matter. I know where it's at. <laughs> so I kept driving and driving and driving and driving. And finally, guess what? We found it. We found it. That's right. Didn't stop for directions. <laughs> but we found the road to Emmaus and we walked down that road. It was such a thrilling and exciting experience. Wow. Back to death now. What really happens at death? What, what is it? Let's go to the Bible. Remember, if it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it's not in the Bible, it's not for me. Actually, it's creation in reverse. Let's read the text here in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. tells us about creation. Let's go to the first of the Bible about creation of Adam here. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being, a living being. So dust plus spirit... He breathed the breath of God. He, he becomes then a, a living being or a living soul. That's what it is. Elements of the earth and breath, that's the life principle that God gives us. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he becomes a living being, a living soul. A living soul means, in, in the Hebrew, a living person. It's just a living person. That's right. A living being, a living soul, a living person. That's you <laughs> right now. You live and breathe and have your being. You're a person. So when God created Adam, he placed his breath into him, not an immortal soul. He became a living being, not immortal. Immortal means you don't die. You don't die. That's right. Not immortal. That's very important. When Jesus said to Adam and Eve, you can go anywhere. You're in charge. You rename the animals, everything. You know, Adam was naming the elephants and the giraffes and the zebras and the tigers and the lions and he was so excited. But he said to them, there's one place you can't go in the garden, the tree of knowledge and good and evil. Don't go there. Don't eat the fruit because in that day you will surely die. That's what the Bible says. Death is creation in reverse. 
Let's go to Ecclesiastes 12, 7. It says right there, then the dust, when you die, will return to the earth as it was. It goes back to the earth. And the spirit, that's that breath of life, will return to God who gave it. It's kind of like building a box. <laughs> I like to think of it like that. You, you have To build a box, you have to have two things, nails and wood. And you take the nails and you take the wood and you lay it out there and you take a hammer and you lay, you know, you saw the boards and you get them just right and then you, you nail it together. And as you nail it together, it becomes a box. You have a box, nails and wood. When you don't want the box anymore, you take the hammer and pull it, the nails out. And, and at the end, then you have a stack of wood and a pile of nails. And you ask the question, well, what happened to the box? Where'd it go? didn't go anywhere. It just ceased being a box. So when you die, the breath, the life principle goes back to God. The dust returns to the earth. That's, that's what it says. In the Bible, let's go to, to 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52. It says there, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Now in the Bible, in the New Testament especially, you see the death and sleep used interchangeably. So we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. That's when we receive immortality. Remember, God said to Adam and Eve in the garden, in the day that you eat of the fruit of the knowledge, a tree of good and evil, you shall surely die. Satan came back and he, he told the first lie. He said, you won't surely die. No, 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 no. You eat it and you'll have this sensation and you'll feel wonderful. Satan is a liar and the truth is not in him. The Bible says that. He told Adam and Eve that lie. And people continue to believe it. Then when you die, you don't really die, but you become immortal. The Bible says when you become immortal, it's when Jesus comes back and these bodies are changed. These bodies are changed. I found this little tombstone. It's a Paul Adams. In 1964, he passed away, and he, he wrote this on his tombstone. Stop, my friend, as you go by, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, you soon shall be, so prepare yourself to follow me. A young boy walked by, and he saw that, and he says, uh, wrote on, underneath, to follow you, I am not content until I know just where you went. <laughs> well, I know and you know, because if it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it's not in the Bible, it's not for me. Don't believe Satan's lies. One more thing that's crept into the Christian church. Peter, the day of Pentecost. This is what he says in Acts chapter 2, verse 34. For David did not ascend into the heavens when he died. He goes on. When he died, he's not there. And in Acts 2, verse 29, men and brother... Let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. That's what the Bible teaches. We were having a series of meetings, these, these AWR evangelistic projects that we do around the world. We were in Livingston, Zambia, and Victoria Falls. And one night, Kath and I were crossing over the, the, the river there at Victoria Falls. We have a large bridge, and, and we got to the the, the uh, Livingston side, and we were talking to the immigration officer, and we were talking to her and telling her who we were and everything. She said, oh, you're the, you're the people that are doing the meetings here all across Livingston. He said, yes. And, and she said, my little girl is going to those meetings. Really? Yes. And she said to me one day, mommy, 
are you afraid to sleep in the cemetery? And I said, oh yes, I wouldn't sleep in the cemetery. <laughs> and the Lord goes, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid to sleep in the cemetery. Why is that? Because I'm going to those meetings and the people at the meetings are reading from the Bible and telling us, when you die, you go to sleep in Jesus. And the next thing you know, you'll hear the, the trumpet sound and, and Jesus will come and resurrect you. Mommy, there's nobody in the cemetery that's alive. Nobody's there. And she was so excited to learn this truth about Jesus from the Bible. We had read it from the Bible. If it's in the Bible, remember, I believe it. If it's not in the Bible, it's not for me. So what one person has asked, some people are still asking, if the dead are not conscious, who are the spirits that communicate to the living? Who are they? Revelation 16, 14, for they are the spirits of demons performing signs. Who are these spirits? Revelation 12, 9, so the great dragon was cast out of heaven. Remember Revelation 12? It tells us about the great dragon, the Satan, the serpent. Yeah, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. There was war in heaven, civil war. Angel fought against angel. And God's angels, the one loyal to him, two-thirds of the angels stayed with God and they cast out the one-third. If you ever feel discouraged, remember, there are two angels on your side, one angel, one spirit, one devil on the other side. So we, 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 there is victory in Jesus. Amen? Ancestor worship is based on the false doctrine of the immortality of the soul. That's right. The ancient Egyptians believed in the pagan doctrine of the immortality of the soul. They built these big tombs, you know, the pyramids of pointed up to the sun, the fertility God. These pharaohs would spend their whole lives preparing to die. And when they died, they were mummified and put in the tomb, and they had all this food and everything put in there so they could, they could eat in the afterlife. And they, their, their poor, poor wives, they had several, <laughs> these queens were put in there too, even though they weren't dead. Oh, you wouldn't want to be the, the wife of a pharaoh because you're going to be buried with him, even though you don't want to, you don't want to be buried <laughs> alive. So they, they, they prepared their whole lives to die because they thought they were going to live with the gods. Satan had tricked them, told them a lie. Same lie he said to Adam and Eve. Yeah, you won't surely die. said to Eve, you'll become as God. You'll, you'll, you're going to have this out-of-the-body experience. No. No, what God says, yeah, if it's in the Bible, I believe it. A number of years ago, there, there's a story that's told about a pharaoh, actually his, his mummified remains, went on a trip. <laughs> they took him on, a, on a, a tour in Europe. This is several years ago when they still had borders and things in Europe, and you had to go through customs and duans and immigration and everything. And uh, this particular pharaoh, some believe that maybe he was the one that Moses, when you remember he was going to be a pharaoh, but then he decided to stay with God's people. And, and so... This particular one might have been, they think, the Pharaoh that took Moses' place. Now, the Bible tells us that Moses went in a special resurrection. And remember, he was met there on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus and Elijah. So we know that Moses, because of what the Bible says, in a special resurrection, is in heaven. And so when the Pharaoh mummified body got to the border, the, the, the douanier, <laughs> the Customs official was trying to figure out, where do you find 
<laughs> mummies in the book, you know, the declaration. What is it? What is it? And finally he said, I know what we'll put down, dried fish. So the mummy who took Moses' place, this dried fish, Moses in that special resurrection, he's in heaven. Isn't that amazing? God loves you so much. He died just for your sins so that one day soon, all of us who love him will be taken in that special resurrection. Yes, the trumpet was sound on a resurrection morning and the dead in Christ will rise first and will go to the heavenly home that he's prepared for us now. William Gladstone, a historian, uh, wrote an article. It's entitled, Man is Mortal. He says, the pagan doctrine of the immortality of the human soul crept into the back door of the church in the early centuries. It crept in. This is the paganism, remember? All this stuff that came in. Spiritualism teaches that the soul is immortal. Again, this is, this is some of the things that from paganism that had crept into the Christian church, the immortality of the soul. So man is mortal. But spiritualism teaches that the soul is immortal. Well, remember back in the Garden of Eden, Jesus talking to Adam and Eve. He said, don't go to the tree of knowledge and good and evil, because if you eat of it, in that day you will surely die. Satan meets Eve there, and he says, you won't surely die. No. Genesis chapter 3, verse 3. You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die, God had said. And Satan said, you won't surely die. Genesis 3, 4. You will not die. What a liar. <laughs> I'm, that's the bottom line. The old serpent, the devil, the dragon. He is a liar. He doesn't tell the truth. Well, even though spiritualism says he tells the truth. Of course he doesn't. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. That's to die. But we shall all be changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. That's when we receive immortality, not until Jesus comes. <laughs> That's right. That's in line with what the Bible says in the Garden of Eden, what God said. We're mortal, we die, but when Jesus comes, we receive immortality. This body, my old body, is going to be changed. And, and by the way, I can throw away my glasses <laughs> and my aches and pains. We're going to receive immortality. We're going to be perfect. I can't wait until that day. Just can't wait. I want to read to you this. This is a sermon by Amos Phillips. It's quite an interesting one. Listen to it carefully. This doctrine can be traced. That's the doctrine of the immortality of the soul. This paganism that crept into the church. This doctrine can be traced through the muddy channels of a corrupted Christianity, a perverted Judaism, a pagan philosophy, a superstitious idolatry to the great instigator of mischief at the Garden of Eden, the Protestants borrowed it from the Catholics, the Catholics from the Pharisees, the Pharisees from the pagans, and the pagans from the old serpent who first preached the doctrine amid the lowly bowels of paradise to an audience all too willing to hear and heed the new and fascinating theology, you shall not surely die. It comes from the devil. It comes from the devil. Ecclesiastes 9.5, for the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. How much is nothing? And <laughs> it's nothing, it's zero. The dead know nothing. If you think a dead person is talking to you, 
it's not your friend, it's Satan. It's a spirit of the devil. A friend of mine told me a story of a Christian lady that he had known. Uh, it was during World War I, and she had a, a, a boy that was military age, and the, the draft was going on here in America. And he, she prayed, he told me. She prayed and prayed that her son would not be drafted. Well, he was drafted. And then she prayed and prayed and prayed, Oh, Lord, please, don't, don't let him go to the European front. All these people are being killed. But he was sent to the European front. And then she prayed, God, please, save my boy's life. Save my boy's life. Then one day, a lady heard a knock at the door. It was a taxi driver who was bringing to her a telegram from the War Department. She opened it up. Her hands were trembling and said, that we're sorry to inform you. And it said, your son was killed in action in the European front. She just almost passed out in tears. She felt so terrible. Several days passed, and, and her uh, friend, uh, next-door neighbor, came to her and said, this was a Friday morning. She said, last night, Thursday night, I was at a seance, and, and I saw your son. What? I don't believe that. No, I, I, I saw your son. <laughs> and he said, tell Mama to come and see me. Come to, come to the seance and talk to me. Okay, I will. So I'm, I'm telling you, he wants to see you. This poor Christian lady, she knew what the Bible said. And she believed the Bible. That when you die, you die. <laughs> you're, you're not alive. It's, not the, it's the spirit of Satan. Anyway, she, this happened week after week after week. And finally, she was so distraught, she went with her friend on a Thursday night. And sure enough, she saw her son in the seance. There he was. And he said, Mama, we, and we talked about all kinds of things, she said later to my pastor friend. And she was so, so excited. Well, this continued on for several months. Then one day, it was like a Tuesday afternoon, there was a knock at her door. She went to the door, and it was her son. He was dressed in military clothes, and he said, Mom, Mom, I'm home. And she said, no, no, She said, I'm not supposed to see you until Thursday night. Mama, what are you talking about? <laughs> she said, well, I'm going to this, this, this seance with this witch. And you come, Mama, <laughs> I wasn't killed. I was captured in, in, in a trade of, of prisoners. <laughs> they released me, and I'm home. Poor lady passed out. <laughs> she just couldn't take this. <laughs> and so the son was so mad. He went to court. He sued the witch. <laughs> and the witch's defense was, I must have been talking to a lying spirit. <laughs> well, that's the truth. That's the first time the witch told the, told the truth. <laughs> that's right. The dead know nothing. Jesus, talking about Lazarus, remember? He was the friend of Martha and Mary and Lazarus, close friends. And they, they were down by Jericho, down by the Jordan River. And they got a message that Lazarus, was sick, and that he should come. And, and then the messages kept coming, and finally, four days later, the disciples said, we should go, and Jasher said, so, no, our, our, our friend Lazarus, he, he just sleeps. And, and then, well, they said, if he's sleeping, he must be all right. And Jesus said, no, no, I mean, he's dead. He's dead. So Jesus equates sleep with death, and this is quite a fabulous story. When Jesus got there, Martha, she was so upset, and she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She, she had seen the miracles Jesus had performed. She knew if Jesus had been there, he wouldn't have died. Jesus said, well, your brother will rise again. And she said, no, she knew what the Bible says. She said, I, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection. 
at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Jesus was so, he felt so bad. His, you know, God loves you very much. In all of our affliction, he is afflicted. When we hurt, he hurts. He saw Mary and Martha crying. They felt so bad, and he, he cried too. But he knew what he was going to do. He came to the tomb, and, and he said, put the, put the stone away at the tomb. Now, oh, no, 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 don't do that. It, it, it'll smell really bad <laughs> because it had been four days. But Lord, the Bible says here in John chapter 11, 39, by this time there is a bad odor for he has been there four days. <laughs> and Jesus says, all right, bring him out. <laughs> and, and so he cried out. He says, Lazarus, come forth. <laughs> now, I don't think he said it that loud. I think had he said, Lazarus, come forth, or just said, come forth, lots of other people who had died in the cemetery would have come forth too, because this is God speaking. But Lazarus, he called Lazarus by name. He's the one that came forth. They unwrapped him. What an experience that was. Not too far from Bethany. Not too far from Lazarus and Mary and Martha, there's a little hill. And on that hill, it was 40 days after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. 40 days afterwards. 40 days, Jesus was there with his disciples. And all of a sudden, he started going up. Wouldn't you like to have been there? The disciples had never seen this before. This must have really astonished them. And they watched up wide-eyed, <laughs> and two angels appeared. Let's go to Acts 1, 11. Men of Galilee, these are the angels speaking. Why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Wow, he's coming the same way in the clouds. The clouds were taken, clouds of angels were taking Jesus. He's coming back in the clouds. Notice in Matthew chapter 24, verse 30, it says there, then the sign of the Son of Man, that's Jesus, will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. What an exciting time that's going to be. Kathy and I were living in Lincoln, Nebraska after college, and I had a dream one night. I don't think I've ever told Kathy this story. I had a dream, and the dream was that Jesus was coming. The clouds, the earth was shaking. I ran to one side of the room, and I, the, the, the apartment, and I, I looked up, I could see the clouds moving, and I ran to the other side. What an exciting time it was when Jesus comes, my friend. It's going to be something that's never happened before, <laughs> never happened in the history of the world, the history of the universe. Jesus will come, the clouds of angel. Wow, the trumpets will sound, and the dead in Christ will rise first. I can't wait. Here in the book of Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. I can't wait. 
I, I want to be in Oklahoma at the cemetery where mom and dad are. I have a problem though, Kathy, <laughs> she wants to be in North Dakota where her mommy and dad are. Somehow we'll figure that out. It's going to be all right. When they come up out of the, uh, of the ground, the trumpet sounds, they come up, they go up first. They go up first. And then we hear a lie. I, I can just imagine and I, crying out, mom and dad, wait for us. We're coming too. <laughs> oh, I, I can't wait. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. These are friends of mine over in Livingston, Zambia. They're waiting for Jesus to come. They lost a little one and they know that the angel is going to bring the little one to them and give the little one back, a little child, into their arms. These are friends of mine over in Hong Kong. They're waiting for Jesus to come. We painted this picture of them. They, they want to see Jesus coming. These are friends of mine. Yes, over in the Far East. They want to see Jesus coming. They expect Jesus to come. These are friends of mine down in South America in Iquitos, Peru. They want to see Jesus come. What a glorious day when families will be reunited. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Remember John chapter 14 too. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus is coming again. When we fall asleep in Jesus, the next thing we see will be Jesus coming in the clouds with all his angels. That's the story. That's the truth. That's what the Bible says. If it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it's not in the Bible, it's not for me. That's what God says. We fall asleep in Jesus. And the next thing we know, we'll see Jesus coming in the clouds. I want to tell you a story from Adventist World Radio. You know, we're broadcasting the, all across the Far East. This story comes from there. It's an unnamed country. This area we're broadcasting, Adventist World Radio, is broadcasting to 4.7 billion people every day. Can you imagine that? I just got the figures uh, a couple of days ago. And Kinshasa, the largest city, largest city in Africa, French-speaking city, uh, we, we are broadcasting 24-7 there. We're broadcasting 24-7 in Paris, the largest French-speaking city in the world. So the two largest French-speaking cities in the world we're broadcasting 24-7. Some countries in Africa, all across the countries. The Congo very soon. Uh, Nairobi, 10 million people are going to be listening to Adventist World Radio very, very soon. Let's go to this country. It's in the jungle. This couple is living. He's an assassin. He has his AK-47 and they're talking together. And all of a sudden, out of the jungle, the bullets start flying. He grabs his AK-47. He runs toward the soldiers. She grabs the children. They, they run with their sons into the jungle to hide. Jani gets so angry because she never sees her husband again. He dies in that battle. So angry. She, she teaches her boys how to be assassins. They take the assault rifles. They take the assault rifles and they start shooting people. It's terrible. One day, Jani was listening to the radio up there in the jungle. And as she's listening, she finds an Adventist World Radio broadcast, AWR. And so she's listening to these sermons daily and the health talks. And she's getting so excited about being healthy, about Jesus. She learns that when Jesus comes back, the trumpet will sound, and those who have died in Jesus will be resurrected. She gets thrilled and excited for her boys who are, she's trained now as assassins, and she gets them to listen. 
and their lives are changed. One day she contacts Robert and she says to Robert with her sons as they surrender and give up their AK-47s, surrender and ask for Jesus to forgive them their sins. She says to Robert, Robert, it's so wonderful. We're so excited to learn that Jesus loves us. He forgives us by God's grace. God, so His grace is uh, unbelievable. Here, all these people have died, and, and, and now He's willing to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and bury our sins into the depths of the sea. We're so excited. Why, why didn't you come sooner? Had you come sooner, had you come sooner, maybe my husband would have heard about Jesus, and we could all be together. We could all be together. Wow. That, that's what we do with Adventist World Radio. That's what we do. That's why we broadcast around the world. We broadcast to 7.8 billion people through the internet, through radio, through cell phones, through God pods, all means. Every means of communication we're using and broadcasting so that people can hear the story that Jesus is coming again. Don't you love him? Don't you love him? If you'd like to be baptized like Jesus, if you thought about being baptized like Jesus, why don't you just text us? You can WhatsApp, plus one, two, two, four, two, 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 zero, seven, seven, seven on WhatsApp. Put the plus one, two, two, four, two, 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 zero, seven, seven, seven. If you don't have WhatsApp, just text us, two, two, four, two, 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 zero, seven, 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 and text us and say, I'd like to be baptized. And by the way, I want, the book about Jesus. I want the book Desire of the Ages about Jesus. Can, can you send that to me? We will. So just text us and tell us, yes, I've been thinking about being baptized. And by the way, here, here's my email address. We're going to have to have that and my address. And we'll work it out for you to be baptized and we'll send the books to you. Shall we pray? Dear Jesus, thank you for the promise that you're coming back soon. Thank you for telling us that when we fall asleep in Jesus and the next thing we know, the next thing we know we'll see Jesus coming and families will be reunited. I want to see my mama. I want to see my daddy. And I know, Lord, all of us do. And I just pray, help us to have that, that hope burning within our hearts. Just like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, that burning heart experience. We want to know Jesus as our best friend. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the promise that you're coming. And oh, Jesus, you said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Jesus, my friends, Jesus is coming again. Thank you, Father. Thank you for that promise. In his name, in your name, I pray, amen. My friend, you have family, children, neighbors, friends, but don't you want to see them in heaven? Don't, don't miss heaven. Make sure you text us, tell us you want to be baptized, and tell us about your prayer request. Tell us about your family, your friends that we want to pray for, that they too will make decisions to see Jesus and be ready when he comes in the clouds of glory. Our next topic, we'll see you in just a few days with the millennium. What is that? Well, it's a thousand years. That's in the Bible. But we'll talk about what happens in the millennium. Where do we go when we go to heaven? How long is that? 
what does the Bible say about it? Remember, we go to the Bible, and if it's in the Bible, I believe it. If it's not in the Bible, it's not for me. See you soon. Thank you for watching. If you want to learn more Bible truth, I invite you to subscribe below. Also click here to watch Earth's final countdown in full. And click here to watch one of my favorite videos. God bless you. I hope you have enjoyed listening to the end time prophetic events. Whether you've never before opened a Bible or have been studying it all your life, you'll gain new insights from this series. By looking at Revelation and Daniel as well as other books of the Bible, you'll find that the Bible itself clearly unlocks the mysteries of Bible prophecies. This will transform what may feel like a confusing book into something clear and understandable. If you want to learn more Bible truth, or ask a Bible question, or perhaps find freedom, healing, and hope in Jesus, please give us a call. Our WhatsApp number is plus one two four zero two 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 zero seven seven seven. We are certain that you'll gain a deeper understanding of Jesus' love for you and emerge with an even closer relationship with Him. For more information, visit us on the web at bible.awr.org or send us an email at bible.awr.org.
Shona.